You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Welcome back to the Elitist Cinema Geekly's All Elite Wrestling Podcast. It is Anthony Lewis going solo this week uh, here for episode number three in which I'm going to preview AEW's Fighter Fest which is going to be airing for free in the United States uh, as I record this tomorrow on Saturday. Well, as you hear this, it'll actually be later today. It'll be available on BR Live uh, in the United States. Uh, that app available on uh, most mobile devices and on, I believe it's on like Amazon Fire and Roku and things along those uh, lines as well. Uh, it'll be streaming there for free. Uh, internationally, I believe it is available for roughly $10 American on the Fight TV app. And uh, this marks the second AEW-ish tie-in event with CEO Gaming, which is uh, a fighting game competition. Uh, last year, uh, when they incorporated wrestling into the show, it was uh, via Kenny Omega, uh, who at the time was still working for New Japan Pro Wrestling. This year, it's uh, full in full cooperation with All Elite Wrestling, and it marks AEW's second show. Uh, so they're doing... It's weird because it's a smaller show uh, coming off of their last really big show. It's a smaller show in like a smaller area like a smaller market for for pro wrestling so <laughs> you could and some have argued that it's kind of a weird so there it's in daytona beach florida it's a weird it is kind of weird that this is what they're doing for their second show uh you think that they would want to keep the momentum going i i know a few people who've talked about how uh they've heard very little buzz around this show, uh, and maybe that is due in in some part to the the smaller nature of the event. It almost feels like a house show that they're streaming. Uh, it sounds like the attendance is going to be somewhere around 7,000, so it won't be a, a tiny audience. Um, but, yeah, it is weird that they're doing this for their second show. But, interesting that they are giving it away for free. Uh, before I run down the card... I uh, should talk a little bit about uh, some AEW news. Uh, that was the, uh, or at least stuff that happened in the fallout since Double or Nothing went down. Uh, I don't think there's a, an official number out there yet. Uh, and I don't know if there ever will be an actual official number. But it does sound like Double or Nothing ended up doing, uh, some are saying well over, but it depends on how you define well over. Uh, but over 100,000 pay-per-view buys, which is honestly stunning to me. Uh, that's way above what I thought they would be getting for this event, uh, especially considering that All In did good for what All In was, but it did not do these kinds of numbers. So the the interest level is incredibly high, and that became more evident uh, when... 
Tickets went on sale for their next big pay-per-view event, All Out, which will be again taking place in the Sears Center, the site of All In, and that show sold out in 15 minutes, and there's been uh, a hubbub or uh, a kerfuffle, if you will, about the uh, the demand for this event, and depending on what metrics you're looking at, and I do not have any data in front of me, uh, but there are journalists who do uh, have uh, access to data through their sources. But even if you want to look at the numbers that are out there from the most conservative standpoint and even slash some of them completely in half, the demand was very high for this show. Uh, so, bonkers, really, uh, the high demand for... Uh, there was high demand for Double or Nothing, but this was, I believe, far more than what Double or Nothing had in the uh, in the demand department. Uh, you know, it's... I'm not sure. It doesn't make much sense to me either, but there are a lot of lapsed wrestling fans out there. If the numbers from, say, like WWE's television metrics and attendance numbers and things like that are any indication to go by. There are a lot of people out there who used to watch wrestling all the time who don't anymore, and perhaps word has reached them. They're interested in seeing this, uh, or they're interested in being a part of this. I'm sure uh, AEW's announcement that they landed a television deal on TNT probably sparked a lot of interest. So maybe that's an explanation for why uh there's been such a groundswell because again this there was there was some really good demand for double or nothing and there was good demand for all in uh as well but nothing really quite on this level even conservatively speaking it seems like it's possible they could have sold out a much larger building than the Sears Center so it'll be interesting to see if uh you know, and it's still a little early on in the in the uh, in the company's history, obviously. But uh, looking at uh, you, you can see like maybe hints of the future a little bit in shows like Fighter Fest or shows like Fight for the Fallen, which are going to be held in smaller venues. In you know, they're not going to be in Vegas. They're not going to be in Chicago. Uh, less wrestling heavy towns, uh, Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, not exactly fly-in events like Double or Nothing was, or like how All Out is going to be. Uh, and those shows, to the best of my knowledge, have not completely sold out yet, although my understanding is that both are pretty close. It seems likely that they will be sold out by the time the events take place. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be not everything is going to be a sellout. Not everything is going to be ridiculous demand. Not everything is going to be a hundred thousand buys on pay-per-view. Uh, I mean, it could be wrong, but we shall see. Uh, they announced uh, some matches for All Out, their next big pay-per-view event. Uh, they officially announced Hangman Page and Chris Jericho to determine the first AEW World Champion. Uh, they also announced Kenny Omega and John Moxley uh, in a big singles match, which is uh, stemming from the events of Double or Nothing. 
And they've also announced a uh, they will be unveiling the AEW Women's Championship at the show and uh, something to do with their upcoming tag team tournament. In an interview, uh, Tony Khan, CEO of AEW, noted that they will be running a tag team championship tournament on television. It'll be one of the first things they do on TV to determine the first AEW tag team champions. And there's something sort of tied to that in the... uh, There's something sort of tied to that in the card for Fighter Fest. So uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Also... A little bit of, uh, also a little bit of news with Fight for the Fallen. Although Fight for the Fallen is relatively close, so I don't know if I really want to run down the card for that show. They have announced more matches for it, but I don't know if I'm going to run down the card for it because we'll probably end up doing a preview show for that pay per view as well. Well, it's not going to be pay per view. I believe Fight for the Fallen is also airing for free on BR Live. and probably at a relatively similar cost to Fighter Fest uh, worldwide. So let's talk about Fighter Fest real quick. Uh, there is going to be a, a buy-in event, which I believe starts at 7. And if it runs anything like the last buy-in event, it will air on YouTube, but I presume also on BR Live. Uh, and since the event is going to be free anyway... Why not just watch it there? But maybe if you don't even want to bother with downloading the app, or maybe you don't know if you want to watch Fighter Fest, maybe you want the uh, to see if it's uh, worth buying. I don't know, but I think it'll be available on YouTube. We shall see. Hopefully, it'll go better than uh, the Double or Nothing buy-in, which uh, ultimately I think I had to go watch it on the uh, the TNT YouTube channel. But there are three matches scheduled for the buy-in. Uh, we have CEO gaming uh, founder Alex Jabaley taking on Michael Nakazawa in a hardcore match. So this is uh, something that happened last year. This was a match that was going to happen last year. And uh, Jabaley actually trained for this. They showed some footage of this actually in the road to Fighter Fest. And uh, that he was training and got injured and wasn't able to really do anything. Although Michael Nakazawa is more of a comedy-oriented character, I expect this to be some sort of comedy-oriented match uh, on the pre-show. Also scheduled, uh, the librarian, Leva Bates, along with uh, the other librarian, Peter Avalon. Uh, Leva in singles action, taking on Kylie Ray. This is the first singles match Four women wrestlers in AEW. Uh, this not necessarily based off of anything, although there was uh, the scene from the buy-in for Double or Nothing, which did feature uh, Leva Bates and Peter Avalon interrupting Kylie Ray's interview, although she didn't seem particularly upset about it. But uh, it was there, so... They're having a singles match. I don't think it is based off of anything in particular, but it might be something to move along the uh, the Leva Bates, uh, Peter Avalon thing, whatever they're doing here. Uh, they sort of intimated that Peter Avalon has a crush on Leva Bates, but I'm thinking Kylie Ray wins this, probably because Peter Avalon screws something up for Leva Bates, is my thinking. It's what I would do anyway, uh, to kind of... Uh, 
cross these would-be lovers up. Because uh, it seems like Leva Bates is, at least for her, her Twitter reactions to this or anything to go by, she seems maybe not interested in Peter Avalon. So we shall see. Uh, what I presume is the main event of the buy-in, a three-way tag team match where the winners will go to the all-out pay-per-view for an opportunity at a first-round buy in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. So, when I first heard this, uh, by the way, the teams are Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian, SCU, uh, Best Friends, Trent and Chuck Taylor, and Private Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. So when I first read the... Uh, when I first read the the stipulation for this, I balked a little bit. I was thinking to myself, you've got to win like... You've got to win like two matches just to get a shot at avoiding one match. Which, if you're thinking about it from that perspective, sounds a little weird, right? But if you're thinking about it from... If you're thinking about it from the perspective that the tournament is single elimination, it's for something very valuable, the tag team championships. Winning a couple of matches to get a bye, you're not guaranteed to win that first round match. Winning a couple of matches to get a bye to ensure that you move on to the next round, you're going to be fresh, another team is going to be less so. I I think you can I think you can make that logic add up at the end of the day. Uh, and I see, I'm feeling SCU winning this and, and going on to the all out pay-per-view, but it it could be best friends. I'm not sure they're going to do, uh, maybe they'll surprise us and do something with private party and put them on the pay-per-view, but I'm not positive. Uh, either way, whomever wins this, it's not a guarantee that, uh, the winner of this match is going to end up being the team that gets the buy. So... I am going to go with SCU. I'm going to put my my foot down on that one, but uh, it's hard to say for sure. Uh, Main card now. This will, of course, be airing on the BR Live app for free starting at about, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, So we have a singles match. Christopher Daniels taking on Shima. Uh, This extending a little bit from uh, their encounter in the opening match for Double or Nothing. Uh, Shima and Daniels uh, have a long history together, uh, both been in the business roughly uh, a similar amount of time, and now they're meeting here one-on-one. At Shima's request, uh, he had fun with their exchange, his exchanges with Daniels in that six-man tag, and requested... Uh, a singles match. It'll be interesting to see how this goes. I imagine Christopher Daniels is winning, but uh, if it were me, I think uh, I think I'd be okay with with Shima winning, especially with their strong ties with OWE. Uh, but I'll be curious to see what happens here. I wouldn't be surprised with either person winning, uh, but if they they give it to Daniels, SCU kind of continues to have. Uh, a lot of momentum, a lot of wins under their, their belt. Uh, three-way match, three-way women's match. You have uh, Yuka Sakazaki, the Magic Girl, uh, versus Riho Abe, who uh, 
if you watch the Joshi Six Woman on Double or Nothing, she you know, you'll remember the Magic Girl, but uh, Riho was the very tiny pink dress girl, uh, who was actually very impressive. Uh, she was also killed by an Aja Kong backdrop driver. Uh, they will be taking on Nyla Rose. This is a weird three-way to me. I'm not sure why these three people, uh, maybe they're just here to give Nyla somebody to, uh, some girls to throw around, uh, and maybe put her in a position to get a win. It is weird that they're doing, uh, they've had now, this will be the fourth booked women's match, um, that will have occurred in AEW or will, will have occurred. And three out of the four have been multi-women matches. Uh, Brandy and Allie, uh, do have a singles match at fight for the fallen. So it'll start loosening up here, but they, there has been like a lot of multi-women matches on these shows. Uh, I would be surprised if Sakazaki or, or Riho got the win here. This feels like a setup for, for Nyla Rose to get a win under her belt. Uh, Four-way match, Hangman Adam Page, Jimmy Havoc, Jungle Boy, and MJF. Uh, this Now, if you watch Double or Nothing, you watch the, the AEW Championship presentation ceremony, this makes perfect sense to you. All four of these people were involved in this. Uh, Bret Hart calling Adam Page down to... Uh, you know, to be in the ring when the championship is unveiled as he is one of the two number one contenders for the title. Uh, the other one had not yet been decided yet, uh, but he was interrupted by MJF and, uh, Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy, uh, came down to, to cease MJF's interference. Uh, so yeah, this makes sense. They did a, they did a fun little, uh, they did a fun little setup on being the elite to sort of explain why they're all in a four-way together, but these four people being involved together in a match is not particularly surprising. Uh, so, uh, that should be fun. I feel like, uh, this is a spot maybe for MJF to pick up a win here. Maybe he gets a pin on like, say jungle boy or something. Uh, but, uh, it's hard to say exactly. My head is saying Adam page should keep getting wins under his belt because he is in a match for the world championship. But, in a four-way, uh, you can get away with Adam Page being looking good and being taken out and not having any involvement in the uh, the finish. And MJF has got quite a bit going for him at the moment. I, I'd be okay with him getting uh, the win here, as long as you keep Adam Page away from it. Uh, John Moxley's AEW debut in ring against Joey Janela has just been announced as a non-sanctioned match. Uh, they just did like a video promo for this, which certainly makes it seem like they could be going down a deathmatch type road. Uh, they showed Joey Janela talking about how he'd, uh, you know, he'd be happy to die in the ring. He would uh, make his name live on forever, that sort of thing. Uh, mocking John Moxley's time as Dean Ambrose in WWE, and you can see Dean Ambrose eating, or John Moxley, I should say, it, eating away at him the thought of being used to being Dean Ambrose. Uh, and they splice this together with footage from Moxley's days in Combat Zone Wrestling with a bunch of deathmatch footage. It seems like they're heading down that road. It'll be interesting to see if they actually do that. This seems like an obvious John Moxley win. Uh, to continue building uh, 
uh, his win-loss counter as he uh, heads towards facing Kenny Omega. Cody versus Darby Allen in a special attraction match. So this is Darby Allen's debut. And they recently did... Uh, so on the road to Fighter Fest, they've been doing these personality pieces. Which are things that sometimes you see these in NXT and these are really good. Um, they... I've, I don't think I've seen a... I've seen a lot of clips of Darby Allen matches. But I don't think I've actually ever watched a full Darby Allen match before. And they did a personality piece on this guy, and I now know more about Darby Allen from this piece. Like, I know who he is when he comes out. Like, I can tell you something about this guy. Like, I know who he is. And I can't say that for a lot of wrestlers these days. Uh, they don't do a lot of these pieces. They're, they don't have to be particularly in-depth when they're in the ring, but uh, there's not a lot of depth outside either at times and they did an excellent personality piece about Darby Allen and it's a fascinating it's a fascinating story and I highly recommend people go watch uh the Road to Fighter Fest or just head over to the uh the AEW YouTube channel. I think they have his particular section isolated and uploaded. Uh it's really cool. Uh it'll be interesting to see what they do here because this is Darby's debut but he's also going up against Cody. So Cody's one of the top stars. It'll be interesting to see how they handle this. My head immediately jumps to Cody should be the winner here uh, because bigger things are ahead, but maybe they do something different. Maybe they surprise us. In fact, you know what? I'm going to bet on them surprising us. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Darby Allen here. Uh, just because I think maybe they'll play into this a little bit. Maybe Cody is focusing on his tag team match with his brother uh, against the Young Bucks. Uh, maybe we do something with that. I, I feel like I feel like maybe you should capitalize on it. But I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Cody wins here either. That that would make sense as well. So we'll see. But I'm picking Darby Allen. Main event of the show, Lucha Brothers. Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix teaming with Laredo Kid, who was originally supposed to be Pac, but it seems like they are not going to be working with Pac for a little while, and uh, maybe they're going to you know, keep him away for a while, and when they do bring him in, it'll be a big surprise. So right now they're bringing in Laredo Kid to team with Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, which will be excellent. Uh, they'll gel very well together. They're taking on the Elite, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, this should be match of the show. Very excited for this. It is going to be excellent. I expect a Kenny and the Young Bucks victory here to keep them uh, to keep them strong as they have uh, bigger matches uh, ahead of them here. So it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out over the course of this show. I'm interested to see how the setup is. I watched the CEO show last year. It wasn't the best looking show of all time. It'll be curious to see how they freshen things up here. Uh, now that it is an official AEW production, uh, I'm curious to see how it all goes. And the best part is of course, the show is free. So uh, it's hard to look a free show in the mouth. Uh, it's available on the BR live app. It doesn't cost anything to sign up for this app, and you can watch the show uh, for free. So, not bad. A freebie, and it's a good card. So I'm expecting good things, uh, but we shall see. Uh, all right. 
uh, before we take off, uh, I'd like to thank the sponsors for this show. Fandango. Uh, everybody use Fandango to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Cinemageekly.com slash Fandango. Or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, and, of course, while you're hanging out at cinemageekly.com, you can check out the archives of this show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Just search for The Elitists and hit subscribe. And we'll be back soon, hopefully with some people around me, because it's no fun talking to myself. But hopefully soon talking to some people uh, when we review AEW's Fighter Fest. <laughs> <laughs>